Chapter Five of the Silver Princess in Oz by Ruth Plummy Thompson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Five Headway. When Randy wakened, Kabumpo had already started on, grumbling under his breath because nowhere in sight was there a green bush, a tree, or anything at all that an elephant or little boy might eat. Where are we? yawned Randy, sitting up and rubbing his eyes with his knuckles. Great Gillikins, this is as bad as Gaper's Gulch. All the countries bordering on the deadly desert are queer, no-count little places, sniffed the elegant elephant, angrily jerking his robe off a cactus. And from the feel of the air we must be near the desert now. At mention of the deadly desert, Randy lapsed into an uneasy silence. For how could they ever cross this tract of burning sand, and how could they reach Ev or Jenneke's castles when they did cross it? While this vast belt of destroying sand effectively kept enemies out of Oz, it also kept the Ozians in. If we only had some of Jenneke's magic, or even his silver dinner bell to bring us a good breakfast, sighed Randy, glancing round hungrily. Pretty stupid of me not to have brought along a lunch, and there's not even a brook or stream in this miserable little patch of woods where a body could quench his thirst. Maybe it will rain, and that would help a little. Maybe, admitted Kabumpo, squinting up at the leaden sky. Anyway, here we are out of the woods, but take a look at those rocks. And those heads behind the rocks, whispered Randy, clutching Kabumpo's collar. There's something pretty odd about those heads, if you ask me, wheezed the elegant elephant, curling up his trunk. Odd, or I'm losing my eye and ear sight. Odd, hissed Randy, tightening his hold on Kabumpo's collar. Good goats and gravy! They're flying round loose like birds. Why, they've got no bodies on them, no bodies at all. Read the sign, directed Kabumpo, uncurling his trunk and pointing to a crude warning scratched out on a flat slab at the edge of the road, leading to the rocky promontory above. Heads up! This road leads to headland. No bodies allowed. Hmp! Well, we won't make much headway without our bodies, grunted Kabumpo, as Randy read the message slowly to himself. Such impudence! Why should we pay any attention to such stuff? Bodies or not, we're going on, and how can fellows minus feet and arms hope to stop us? They might crash down on us with their heads, worried Randy, as an angry flock of headmen circled round and round at the top of the road. And those heads look hard. Not any harder than mine. Keep your crown on, Randy, advised Kabumpo grimly. The spikes will dent them good, and if you reach down to my left-hand pocket, you'll find a short club. The club will be better than your sword. You can't cut a head off no neck, and besides, we don't really want to injure the pests. Already? Then here we go. Randy did not answer, for hooking his heels through Kabumpo's harness, he was already delving into the capacious pocket on the left side of the elegant elephant's robe, 
discovering not only a club, but a quiver full of darts. Jerking himself upright, the club in one hand, the darts in the other, he peered aloft with growing anxiety as foot over foot Kabumpo climbed up the granite slope. The faces of the headmen were round and deeply wrinkled from the hot winds blowing off the desert. Their ears, huge and fan-shaped, flapped like wings, and like wings propelled them through the air. Before Kabumpo reached the top, a whole bevy came whizzing toward them, screaming out indignant threats and warnings. "'Off! Be off!' they shouted hysterically. "'Off with their arms! Off with their legs! Off with their bodies! Halt! Stop! Be gone, you miserable, creepy, crawly creatures! You dare not set a foot on our beautiful headland!' "'Oh, daren't we?' Kabumpo shook his trunk belligerently. "'And who is to stop us, pray?' "'I am,' rasped the ugliest of the headmen. Snatching a coil of wire from a niche in the rocks with his teeth, the ugly little Muggly came flapping toward them. Another of the headsmen hastened to seize the opposite end of the wire in his teeth, and, stretching it between them, they came rushing on. "'Watch out!' warned Randy, dropping flat between Kabumpo's ears. "'They're going to trip you up!' "'Wrong! How wrong!' chattered all the headsmen bobbing up and down like balloons let off their strings. "'They're going to cut off his body,' confided one of the long-nosed tribesmen, zooming down to whisper this information in Randy's ear. "'The creature's head is welcome enough, and with those enormous ears he'll have no trouble flying. But his body, oh, his body is awful, and must stay behind. And your body, too, you little monster!' We'll cut that off, too," promised the headsman in his oily voice. What use is a body, anyway? I see you have very small ears, but they can be stretched. And just wait till you've been debodicated. You'll feel so right and light and flighty. Help! Stop! Help! Help! screamed Randy, as the ugly Muggly gave him a playful nip on the ear. "'Back up, Kabumpo! Back down! They're going to catch you in that wire and choke you!' "'Pah! Nonsense!' panted the elegant elephant, and heaving himself up over the last barrier, he stepped confidently out on the rocky plateau. "'Heads up! Heads up!' shrilled the headsman, while the two with the wire, deftly encircling Kabumpo's great neck began to fly apart in order to draw the noose tighter. Kabumpo ducked, but much too late. And though his ferocious trumpeting sent swarms of headsmen fluttering aloft, the two holding the wire stuck to their task, pulling and jerking with all their teeth, till Kabumpo's jeweled collar was pressing uncomfortably into his throat. "'Don't worry,' he grunted gamely. Their teeth will give way before my neck does. Calm yourself, my boy. Calm yourself. But how could Randy feel calm, with his best friend in such a predicament, and already beginning to gasp for breath? 
Jumping up and down on Kabumpo's back, he rattled his club valiantly, but the headsmen were too high up for him to reach, and when at last he flung the club with all his strength at the one on the left, it seemed to make no impression at all on the hard head of the enemy. Redoubling his efforts, he drew the wire tighter and tighter in his yellow teeth. In desperation, Randy suddenly remembered the darts, and drawing one from the quiver sent it speeding upward. The first missed, but as the elegant elephant began to sway and quiver beneath him, the second found its mark, striking the headsman squarely in the middle of the forehead. An expression of surprise and dismay overspread his wrinkled features, and next instant, with a terrific yawn, he dropped the wire and fell headlong to the rocks, where he rolled over and over and over. "'Great goopers!' exclaimed Randy, hardly able to believe his luck. "'Why, he's not hurt at all, but has fallen asleep.' "'Watch the others, the others!' gulped Kabumpo, shaking his head in an effort to free it from the wire. Already another had flown to take his fallen comrade's place, but before he could snatch the wire Randy brought him to earth with one of the sharply pointed darts. The next who ventured he shot down too, and the rest of the band came swarming down to see what was happening. Randy sent arrow after arrow winging into their midst, till the flat, smooth rock was dotted with sleepy heads, for each one hit promptly fell asleep. Though his arms ached and his heart thumped uncomfortably, Randy did not even pause for breath till he had sent the last arrow into the air, and then, quite suddenly, he realized he had won this strange and ridiculous battle. More than half of the ear-men, as he could not help calling them to himself, lay snoring on the ground, the rest with terrified shrieks and whistles, who were flapping off as fast as their ears would carry them. Now entirely free of the wire, but still trembling and gasping, Kabumpo stared angrily after them. "'What I cannot understand,' puffed Randy, sliding to the ground to examine a group of the enemy, "'is what put them to sleep?' I thought your darts might hurt or head them off or puncture them like balloons, but instead here they are asleep. And how asleep! Shall I pull out the arrows? I might need them later." "'They're not my arrows,' Kabumpo said, wrinkling his forehead in a puzzled frown. "'I don't have any arrows, but ha-ha-hum!' <laughs> the elegant elephant began to shake all over. They must be gaper arrows. The wakes must have stuck them in my pocket when they fetched my robe and headpiece. Pretty cute of the little rascals at that. Why, these must be the same arrows. The wink shot at me, Randy, and my hide was too tough for them, and they didn't work. Well, they certainly made short work of the headman, said Randy, turning one over gently with his foot. Goodness, I thought you'd be choked and done for, old fellow. Oh, me? Nonsense! My neck would have broken their teeth in another minute or two. Well, then, shall I pull out the arrows? asked Randy, who had his own opinion about Kabumpo's narrow escape. We could use them again sometime. No, no, leave them in. 
So long as those arrows stick fast, the little villains will sleep fast, and that's the only way I can stand them. But suppose the others fly back? Randy still hesitated. Pooh! Don't you worry about that. Kabumpo raised his trunk scornfully. They're frightened out of their wits and probably halfway to the Sapphire City by this time. And when they do come back, we won't be here. Won't we? Dubiously, Randy began to pace across the bare and arid plateau. I certainly don't think much of Headland, do you? I wouldn't have it for a gift even if they threw in a tusk brush and diamond earrings besides, snorted Kabumpo. Why, it's nothing but a bumpy, bumpy acre of rock without a tree, a house, a bird, or even a blade of grass. I'd give the whole country for a mouthful of hay and a bucket full of water. We might find a spring among the rocks, proposed Randy, hurrying along hopefully. More likely a fall, predicted Kabumpo, trudging gloomily behind him. But just then Randy, who had vanished behind a sizable boulder, gave an excited whoop. Ay, ay, Kabumpo, we're here, we're here, right on the edge of it he shouted vociferously. Look! The elegant elephant pushing round the rock did look, then, mopping his forehead with the tip of his robe, sank heavily to his haunches, and for a moment neither said a word. For truly enough, the jagged point of headland projected over the desert as a high cliff hangs over the sea. Below, the seething sand smoked, churned, and tumbled, sending up sulfurous waves of heat that made both travelers cough and splutter. "'So all we have to do is cross,' gasped Randy, dashing the tears brought by the smoke out of his eyes. "'And a simple thing that will be,' grunted the elegant elephant sarcastically, "'seeing that one foot on the sand spells instant destruction.' If we could just flap our ears like the headmen, we could fly across. But we can't, sighed Randy, seating himself despondently on a boulder. What are we to do? Well, that remains to be seen, muttered Kabumpo, who had not the faintest notion. Never cross a deadly desert on an empty stomach is my motto, and I'm going to stick to it. Sticking to mottos won't get us anywhere, Randy said, skimming a stone off the edge, and watching with a little shudder as it was sucked down into the whirling sand. Doesn't that desert make you thirsty? Goopers, if I had a dipper full of water, I'd gladly do without the breakfast. Hmm, looks as if you might have that wish. Feeling hurriedly in the right pocket of his robe, Kabumpo dragged out a waterproof as large as a tent. "'Just spread this over me, will you?' he puffed anxiously. "'Storm coming. Hear that thunder? Storm coming.' "'Coming?' cried Randy, springing up to help Kabumpo with the buckles. "'Why, it's here!' He had to raise his voice to a scream to make himself heard above the gale that, arising apparently from nowhere, struck them furiously from behind. He had just fastened the last strap of the waterproof to Kabumpo's left ankle, when the rain swept down in perfect torrents, rain accompanied by hailstones as big as Easter eggs. 
There was ample room for Randy beneath the elegant elephant, and standing between his front legs, the young monarch lifted the waterproof and reaching out caught a huge hailstone in his hand. Touching it against his parched lips, Randy gave a sigh of content, then crunching it up rapturously, stuck out his head and let the pelting downpour cool his hot dusty face. "'Wonder if this will put out the desert,' he mused ducking back as a terrible clap of thunder boomed like a cannon shot overhead. "'Say, it's a lucky thing you're so big, Kabumpo,' he called up cheerily. "'Oh, we'd be blown away. Wee! Listen to that wind, would you?' "'Have to do more than listen,' howled the elegant elephant, bracing his feet and lowering his head. "'Ahoy, below! Catch hold of something, Randy!' Help! Hi! Hold on! Hold on! For the love of blue mountains! Here we go! Here we blow! Woomph! Bloomph! Grah! Oh, no, Kabumpo, no! Leaping up, Randy caught the elegant elephant's broad belt. Put on the brakes, quick! And Kabumpo did try making a futile stand against the tearing wind. But the mighty gale, whistling under his waterproof, filled it up and out like a balloon, and with a regular ferry-boat blast Kabumpo rose into the air and zoomed like a zeppelin over the deadly desert, while Randy, hanging grimly to the strap of his belt, banged to and fro like the clapper of a bell. End of chapter 5